What are you afraid of? Scared you go there and find out that he doesn't love you anymore, honey. You can't control that. The only thing you can control is how you feel. Not how you feel, but how you deal with what you feel that is real. You've got to relax, relate, and release into reality. What was that like, being in therapy? Uh, Were you, what did you talk about that you had never acknowledged to yourself or talked talk? I grew so much from the experience. But I think the most important thing I got is that everything is connected. I mean, if I have a problem, I usually just go to church, give me some Jesus, <laughs> and I'm cool. Welcome back to another episode of Black in Therapy, where we are discussing journeys, dismantling myths, and discovering truths. It's Sarah Ashley here. And Donna, I'm here. we here again another week. Right. And this week, we have a special guest on with us. We have Dr. Z. Hi, guys. Killing me softly with this voice. <laughs> Dr. Z is going to introduce herself um, in a little bit. But we just want to welcome you all back to another episode. We want to shout everybody out that has listened so far. Um, Donna, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. You feeling all right today? I'm feeling all right. <laughs> that was a shady question, y'all, but it's fine. Um, so let's jump into it. Let's jump into our uh, segments, and we're going to um, allow Dr. Z to introduce herself. And we know that our first segment is, uh, um, I always mess up. Our first segment is, I got a story to tell. So let's jump right into this segment, I got a story to tell. So Dr. Z, tell us your story. So hi everyone, I am Dr. Z, uh, founder of Right Path LLC, um, life coaching program. Um, I also serve as the state program director for uh, agency here in New Jersey. And yeah, and I'm also a professor where I met these lovely ladies who I'm super proud of <laughs> um, at Lincoln University and also Wilmington University. So that is who I am, guys. That's why you want to share about your journey? Oh, my journey, my journey into black therapy and black in therapy. Um, so I guess I would say it started off working in corrections where I served as a CO for about five years. And one of the things that I realized was that I always had a, a connection with the inmates and that I could talk to them, as I would try to say, like off the cliff. Right. I always would be the one that have conversations with them. Um, and I did that for quite a while. But then I realized that if I could make a difference in somebody's life before they got into prison, um, what would that look like? And so from there, I transitioned into a unit counselor and worked with the inmates just to help them get the services that they need and, you know, get on their right path. And then I challenged myself again to say, hey, what would it be like if I could touch a kid? What would it be like if I can break this down before we get to this point? So then I transitioned out of there into working with children in the juvenile detention center in Philadelphia. But one of the things that I found in working with the kids in the program was that a lot of what they struggled with started in the family dynamic. And it was really hard for me to work with kids without understanding um, the family system or the family structure that they came from. And so 
from working in a juvenile detention center, I branched into Drexel University uh, Family Therapy Program, uh, which really focuses on system theory. And so I've just been on a whole quest my entire life of helping people connect the dots, finding out what is the root cause of this, where is it coming from, and then also thinking about how our family um, oftentimes has the ability to shape our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So that is a part of who I am and in my journey. <laughs> okay. That's dope. Um, one thing I feel like you and Donna have in common is the correctional part or, or the criminal justice part and wanting to actually figure out the mind of the person that is incarcerated and figure out how do we even get here. Um, so I think that's pretty dope. You know, mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, if you listened to last week, you said you listened, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> if, last, if you listened to last week, then you would know that, you know, my undergrad is in criminal justice and I interned in probation and did stuff with victims and I'm and I had the same thought, like, how did we get here? What, you know, what happened beforehand? Um, and mine wasn't necessarily focused on family. It was more about prevention and like restorative mm-hmm. things, um, which kind of is how we, how I got to Lincoln, how we got to, you know, meeting each other and all that whole thing. So we'll definitely <laughs> talk about that journey too, because that's a journey. <laughs> Don't forget journey. us in your journey now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things that I, I appreciate about your program. I appreciate about both of you when you are in school. You always went the, I guess I shouldn't be saying this, but because y'all wasn't the best students. Um, we <laughs> yes, we were. Y'all wasn't Lincoln. Oh, you guys were my other favorite students too in that class. But you guys always took your paper to a deeper level, right? Trying to figure out not just what it was that you had to answer, but what else is going on. What other components can connect back to whatever the topic was. And I think that's really important in this field because you really have to challenge yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Beyond just that surface thing. You mm-hmm. really got to push yourself to go deeper because nothing is ever surface. Everything always has a deeper root. And so even through your papers, I would see that you guys will push yourselves. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, y'all wasn't the best, but kudos to you for being good students. Oh. Speaking of papers, speaking of papers, we can't hear this episode and not tell this story, y'all. And um, we first... We wasn't even first started. We were like a semester in. It's our we second was a semester. Whole, we were semester in. Second yep. semester grad school. We it, got you talking new, about the group project. We got this new professor. <laughs> and before we even walked into this professor's classroom, we got a call saying, we didn't get called. People were in the hallway was like, y'all not going to like her. Oh, y'all is not going right. to like her. She did, she did. And so we already went into the classroom with like, you know, sizing her up a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. who, she, who is she? Um, so as the semester progressed, we were working on this group project. And literally, y'all, if the deadline was 12 o'clock, our paper was submitted at 1201. Mm-hmm. 12, no, 12 o'clock, 30 seconds. Right. Right. Or and on my end, it said like 30 seconds beforehand or something. Right. And y'all, she took off points off of our paper because it was late. We're talking 30 seconds at this point. And she emailed right back. <laughs> like she was up. Like, right. Like she was up right back. Um, Sorry, y'all. This is late. I would have to deduct points. Uh, for 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Listen, I, I lost 20 points off a of paper because I had one, <laughs> misspelled, one misspelled word. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? And But I say that to say that she challenged our, um, I don't want to say perfection because we talked about perfection last week. But mm-hmm. she challenged our, um, I guess, need to be better than what the standard is, right? So to go move past the standard, that if this is the standard, then this is where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And don't listen to them. They did not lose 20 points. Tara Ashley did not lose 20 points for... 
of Miss Forward and Donna, the paper, it was late. Late is late. Whose podcast is this? We I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Late is late. We lost late 20 points. Late. Right. But we, 20 and we also, but she did lose points, but it wasn't 20 points. But we did learn a good lesson about being late in that class. And it was another class we was late in. Or no, Dr. Wiley taught us about being late. You can't be late to a session. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah, his yeah. whole, he, yeah. gave, he gave us a whole uh, lecture yes. about yes. if somebody is coming to you for help, you cannot be late. Exactly. So. Nothing is ever surfaced. We just said that, right? So if right. you're late and sitting your paper at 1201, that means you're going to be late in session. You're going to be late showing up to somebody's house. So no, mm-hmm. if the paper was due by 12 o'clock, get it in it. And you mail by twelve o'clock, so it was late. You lost points, but look at I y'all mean, now. Look at y'all now, okay? Yeah, it's over. The, the, <laughs> the hard part, right? The storm is over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you for sharing your journey with us. Just anything else you want to share before we move into the next segment? No, I no? think that's that's it. Anything else? I probably bring it up as we go. All right, but so let's transition into our next segment. Uh, don't believe the hype. Don't 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 believe the hype. <laughs> don't. <laughs> So when thinking about a topic to, for this week about don't believe the hype, uh, it just seems like it just seems like God just kept rem- throwing this topic at us, right? Every time we cut on the TV, every time we you know got on Instagram, we saw this. So today we want to bust the myth of um, the strong black woman. So when you, Doctor Z, think about a strong black woman, what comes to mind when you hear that term, strong black woman? I think of a woman who has been put in a position where they have no other choice but to be strong. Um, a woman who carries a lot on her plate. Um, she does it with strength. She does it with grace um, in many cases. Um, but I, I often think that a lot of times, which I'm sure I'm thinking that's where we're going to go, the strong woman um, is good to carry a lot, but it's also a struggle, if I can say all at the mm-hmm. same time. So mm-hmm. that's what I think of when I hear a strong woman, strong black woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I think about it, I think people wear it as kind of like a badge of honor. Like, I'm a strong black woman, kind of, or when people say, like, I'm a mom. Like, it's kind of like something where, it, you know, you didn't get an award for it. You didn't have to really do anything to get there, but you have, you kind of just carry it with so much pride. Like, I could do this. It doesn't matter what the circumstances is, and I think that a lot of people expect that from us. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of people expect women to be strong because no one I don't I don't I don't know any black women that don't think they're a strong black woman. I think everybody think they're a strong black woman. It's like that's that's what we are, that's what we do. Can't nobody tell us that we can't do it and we're gonna you know, we're gonna show you that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely has its um it's stereotypes and, and some bad things about it too, which we'll discuss. But I definitely think about people is a badge of honor. I'm a strong black woman. I'm sure we've all said it. You said it right there. I mean, when I think of when I let me get some right. <laughs> when I think about a strong black woman, I often think about that day we were in um class and I think Dr. Z you had Dr. Um can they Dr. Moore come in and he asked us who we were. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think when people say I'm a strong black woman, but what does that mean? Like what comes with being a strong black woman? Like, yeah, you can show up and be strong or, or feel like you're a strong black woman. But even when um, um, Representative Waters said it at Black Girls Rock, like I'm a strong black woman. What does that mean, though? Like what mm-hmm. what does that mean? What comes with it? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, OK, you're a strong black woman, but who are you within that? 
Like, right. We don't think of, we don't think about that. We just think of the title. It's right. just like we strong. We don't got to prove we strong because we black. I don't got to prove it because mm-hmm. I'm a strong black mm-hmm. woman. I think we don't think that deep into mm-hmm. it as we're going to discuss today. We don't think it. We just put it out there. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the negative things y'all think comes with being a strong black woman? No, where do y'all think it originated from? Let's start with that. Where do you think that strong black woman originated from? That thought. I mean, if we look all throughout history, they end from slavery till today, right? Black black people in general had to be strong. Um, and so that is something that no matter what, we'll, we'll never be able to separate from our story. But then as we start to look at the breakdown of the family, um, we started to see a, a fluctuation of single moms or moms having to raise their kids by themselves. Moms had to work. Moms had to do everything. Um, and so I think over time you 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 carry the badge of being a mom most most people with pride you carry the badge of i work and take care of my family with pride so mm-hmm. you connect that to say i got it like i'm good like i can do this i could do that i could do this um so i think one we learned that because we really had no other choice and then i think just the fact that in order to sometimes hold the household together, you have to be strong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that could be, not that could be, I think that is a major part of it. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I agree with that. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I definitely think it's something that our moms and grandmoms, you know, mm-hmm. and all of our ancestors were, you know, had to be. It wasn't really a choice. Um, and... I'm a I, y'all know I'm a researcher. I'm a like, hmm, what is the definition of strong? Me like, what does strong say when you look it up on Webster's? And I'm looking it up, and it's basically saying that having the power to move heavy weight to perform other physical demanding tasks. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not that strong. That's not the strong <laughs> I am. Let me find the other one. And the other one is able to withstand great force or pressure. And just think of how much force and pressure we deal with on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, right. Exactly. As you say, and looking at um, Webster, even if I think about articles, you know, I love articles. Y'all know that about me. It says we as black women, we face discrimination in employment and education and the judicial system and healthcare in our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. So if we just think about the fact that black women or women in general don't receive equal pay as their male counterparts, mm-hmm. right? In itself, that's just women. But now you put the color mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. and now we don't receive, or we're not receiving receiving the same treatment as a white counterpart. Mm-hmm. That you have to be strong because mm-hmm. then what do you do? You you come home and you're like, you feel unworthy, or you feel mm-hmm. like I can't. So you're like, look, I gotta go in. I gotta be strong because I am fighting against so many injustices. Just being black, one, mm-hmm. and then being a woman too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, like the intersection of being black, being a woman, and then being a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. Because then we, we face certain things like people don't necessarily trust us because of our age or because how we appear, right? They, mm-hmm. they, we look younger than what we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like in circles, a lot of a lot of circles are, to your point, Dr. Z, that boys club, where it's like, I already got to break through the boys club and now I got to break through mm-hmm. the white woman club too. Mm-hmm. Like, so we do have to show up like and be strong or, or we have that mentality that I can't let them see me crack or... Or be weak, right? And I think as black people, we always look at weakness or anything other mm-hmm. than opposite of strong as weak or that we can't be a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you talked about it going through the generations, like we got to talk about the fortitude that was kind of passed down to us from mm-hmm. our ancestors, right? Like not just the slaves, but from everybody else. They had to live through the civil rights movement, Jim Crow, all these things, and had to still show up. I think two things, right? So uh, as I 
reflect back on the article, it said, if you're a woman, you're not feeling well, it says, what? Take medication. You'll be okay. You're stressed out, overwhelmed. You're being dramatic. You'll be okay. You're depressed and discouraged. You are being overly sensitive, toughen up. Mm -hmm. You're loud. Oh, you're extra. You're, you're doing, mm -hmm. as kids say, you're doing the most. So it's like, okay, this is a fine struggle here that I have between the balance of, do I speak up? Mm -hmm. Do I be quiet? Am I giving too much? Or do I need to take some back? Um, and then even if we think about it, as you was just talking, Sarah, actually, I thought about this. It's also something I think as girls and women, we learn too, right? So if you think about a lot of families, the daughter is taught to wash the dishes, to clean, to cook, to make sure everything is good. Now we see a shift where people are changing, where boys are being held to the same standard. But a lot of times, mm -hmm. if you think, I know for me, I'm going to just be transparent. It'll be my brother. He wouldn't have to wash the dishes. He doesn't have to clean. But I had the daily chore to wash the dishes. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we learn as women that certain things we are supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. We have to do. So I think that that connects back to it. Definitely. It definitely connects back to it. And it's all kind of the pressure of society the norms the stereotypes that they put on us for generation and generations and we feel like we have like that's just what we what we have to do you know it's not that even that we have to do it but that we are it I think we just think we are it like we just are strong it's not even that you have to mm -hmm. show up as a strong person you are because mm -hmm. of who you are it's like I'm a black woman I am strong just because I'm a black woman because I've withheld even if it's a minimum amount of you know, things from the world, even as a minimum, you still a strong black woman because you are a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because you have to live in this world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows that this world is tough, right? We're taught to grin bear, you know, handle it, carry it and swallow the pain like cough syrup, right? Mm -hmm. We have to, we, I mean, but so, so one thing you said before is that, you know, do I speak up? Do I be quiet? Do I say something like, and that's a part of the self-silencing part that comes with being a black woman, like where we kind of um, hide or, or suppress our negative feelings and, and appear to be happy uh, just because, and it's not really how we feel. So what are y'all thoughts about that self-silencing piece that comes with being a strong black woman? So our silence, our invisibility shapes that stereotype of mm -hmm. strong black woman because we feel like I need to be quiet because if I speak up, they may see me as doing too much mm -hmm. or being extra. Um, I think that even when I think about um, the debate with the vice president, you know, I've read some articles where they were like, she held back because she didn't want to appear Mm -hmm. Like she was being an extra black female on the mm -hmm. beat and they felt like she should have let more out. But as I started to think about it, I was like, that probably makes sense for her. Cause she probably feels like, yeah, I want to still be who I am, but I also know that I could be perceived a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I wonder if that's playing in the back of her mind sometimes mm -hmm. because you don't want that connected to you. And we know that's often connected to black women. So I know for me, like that's something I was sharing with you, Dr. Z, that I struggle with this, this silence and that self silencing, like, and just kind of going along to not have to deal with the extra stuff that comes with it um and kind of just pressing to it like pressing through like and not having to deal with whatever the situation is mm -hmm. yeah um, you do and you know i'm always like uh did you speak up did you tell them how you feel and that's important not just i think um just being a black i mean it is important being a black female but i think that's just important in general because i don't i may not like something that you did mm -hmm. and, and you won't know that i didn't like it if I don't say it, because in your reality, that might have just been your norm. So mm -hmm. you have to speak up. But I think connecting it back to that black woman 
piece is like, I don't want to look like I'm being argumentative. I don't want to look like I'm trying to create a debate. So let me just mm-hmm. go along with it. But I'm sure we're going to talk about this. What does that do to us over time, right? Mm-hmm. We're already fighting against so many systemic injustices. And now in the circles that we are in, the relationships that we have, we don't feel comfortable speaking up. I feel like mm-hmm. that's where it starts. If we can test those waters with those closest to us, mm-hmm. learning to speak up when you're not okay, it makes it easier to speak up. Mm-hmm. in other places but we don't we silence our voices which is why i'm always telling you well sarah ashley you're complaining but did you did you speak up did you say <laughs> right, something right but and the my- main thing is i can say that to other people like i'll get on my cousin all the time like yo did you say something but it's like for me i think that it's certain arenas i can speak up and not have a problem like i can sit on the call with the mayor now the mayor and speak up now right it's i struggle with i guess and we talked about this last week that interpersonal that interpersonal conflict like where i'm like if i gotta see this person all the time then I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. But I think you may do that. It's easier to speak up for the masses mm-hmm. of people and you're a voice for the people, which is kudos to you for that because some people can't do that. But sometimes, like you said, it's that relationship. So if I speak up, am I going to offend you and is it going to be tension? But what's mm-hmm. wrong with tension, right? right. I think we got to reframe what tension is. It doesn't matter. Maybe we can agree to disagree. That doesn't mean that it's a problem. It mm-hmm. just means something's not right right now. And let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. address it. Yeah. And I think with for, for me in the self-silencing, it's not necessarily that I have a problem with speaking up because Lord knows I don't. Right. I definitely will say it if I want to say it or if, if I'm going <laughs> to, you know, if there's a problem, I'm going to ask. Let's let's get to the bottom of it. But for me, I think the the self-silencing comes to I don't want to seem like I'm weak because I'm strong because I'm a black woman. Right. I'm a black woman. I'm strong. So if if I bring something up, it's going to seem as if I'm weak, depending on the situation. You know, if I'm concerned about something, like it's bothering me, it's going to right. Like I got I'm bothered, right, and it's right. like I'm not bothered. It doesn't. It, it can't bother me because I'm so strong. These things can't bother me. These things can't knock me down. But where do we learn that? Like, what's wrong right. with being bothered? What's wrong right? with being what's weak? Wrong, what's wrong with, what's being wrong with being bothered? No, I am bothered right now. Mm-hmm. I think when we're bothered and we don't speak up. We're doing our, we're, we're, we're hurting ourselves. Right. right? Definitely a disservice to us. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I struggle with it. Um, feeling like letting people see or thinking people think that she's not strong because she's having a problem with this. And therefore I'm self-silencing myself and I'm not speaking up because I don't want to come off as weak or vulnerable or that you can get to me because right. you got to be strong. But I think too, when we don't speak up, I think that that also causes more conflict and like confusion, right? Um, even me and Donna, like the funny thing is like, I was upset about something and Donna was upset about something. We talked about it in the car and it's like, we had two different views of what happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And it's like, oh, okay. Now I see why you did that. It, to me, it still wasn't right, but I see why you did it. You get me? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that when, when we avoid self-silencing and speak up, I think that that kind of brings clarity versus, I feel like when we don't speak up, we kind of always walk around in this fog. Like you making mm-hmm. up things in your head, the person mm-hmm. might be making up things in their head. And then when we don't talk about it, it's kind of like it'll snowball, that snowball effect, and they get bigger and then yeah. cause more than what. Right. And it depends on the person. Being a strong black woman. Like, right. And it depends on the person in the situation because you don't never got a problem with saying, <laughs> you always going to say it to me. <laughs> but for other people, depending on the situation in school mm-hmm. or in relationships, networking and business, mm-hmm. you know, it, it all depends because now, now you're speaking up with the mayor. Like, now mm-hmm. you feel better. But, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe you weren't. So mm-hmm. sometimes I think. It takes awareness and it takes time. And then mm. now that you know, mm-hmm. now that you recognize it, it's like, 
let me take this this thing that I've recognized and put this on my work on category. I think people don't do that enough. Like, okay, you recognized it and you worked on it. Um, and I think we should definitely discuss on how, I mean, obviously how people should deal with this strong black. But that's a part of it too. I think that you, you got to look at, again, so what is, what does that mean to be a strong black woman? Like, I can communicate. I can do this. I can mm-hmm. do that. Like, that's all a part of being that strong black woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. that self, you just hit it on the nose, um, Donna. That self-awareness piece, right? What is the message? If so, we're looking at the strong black woman. What is the message that I've heard? What is it that I'm learning? What have I learned? Mm-hmm. And why do I feel this way? Do I feel like this because it's a learned behavior? And now I just feel like this is what I got to do because I was taught that. Or is it that this is something I don't like? Like, I, I feel uncomfortable. There is some tension here and I need to address it. But maybe I am, like you guys said, you guys had a conflict. Y'all talked it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, y'all saw it two different ways. Could it be that I've learned I'm not going to speak up to this person because I don't want to hurt her? I learned that growing up. Or am I uncomfortable about what was being said and I don't want to deal with this attention, this tension that's in the room, so I do nothing, right? So or think, is it that I'm afraid of the reaction? Yes. And I'm afraid of the rejection that might come right. with what I'm saying, so I'll silence myself in that right. area too. Because right. I'm strong, but I still got yes. feelings. Right, so right. it's being right. self-aware of where is this thought coming from? Like, right. why do I feel like this? Am I not supposed to do this because I was taught? Do I not feel good? Like, what what's happening in this moment? And I think you hit it on the nose. Most people don't want to do that. No, mm-hmm. oh, I feel some kind of way it is what it is. No, speak up. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times, especially being black, <laughs> um, we're scared to speak up um, and challenge things because we don't want the attention. And, and, and rightfully so. We deal with so much. And I sometimes... That's a whole nother conversation for another day. We don't even realize how even just watching the presidential debate, watching our black men be murdered, is already stress, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to speak up against this. There's bigger things going on out in the world for me not to have to worry about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a big part of it, too. Yeah. I think so, too. So um, you want to add anything to the strong black woman myth? Mm-mm. I, think we, I think we covered it. Okay. <laughs> We, and we can always revisit this in another Definitely. another show, but I think that this is something that needs to be addressed because I feel like even now, like even with the the possibility of having a, a first black woman as a vice president, like that's something else that we're going to, you know, what I mean, that's a new phase that we're going to be going in and like of leadership. So I think it's important to just like take some time out and think about and discuss it. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it, right? Being a strong yeah, black it's woman, nothing wrong there's with nothing it. wrong. It's with pride. That. Yeah, I think that. I think it can go both ways, which you kind of said in the beginning, Sarah. Like, I feel like we have to be strong. Yes. But it's not, and there's nothing wrong with being strong. But what is the root cause of our strength? Mm-hmm. There... But let's talk about this, though. When can, when are we comfortable enough to take a break and be like, I can't do this, right? Mm-hmm. That I can't do this. Like, even with the fortitude from my ancestors, even with, you know, showing up and, and being able to move mountains or whatever else we do mm-hmm. as black women, run households and everything else that we do. When is it okay to be like, yeah, I need a break? So I think you first have to be honest with yourself that you need a break, mm-hmm. right? You you start to see yourself spiraling. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to see that you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling like there is stress or um, there is too much going on in my life right now and I need to take a break. So I need that self-awareness. I need to know a break is needed mm-hmm. um, and be okay with taking the break. But see, the, the truth is sometimes you can't. So now you got to implement small moments of self-care mm-hmm. in your day-to-day life. Because if you are the head of a household, you are 
a single mom, you are raising children, you may not have the mm-hmm. full ability to just step back and take mm-hmm. a break. So are we in therapy? Mm-hmm. Are we sitting down with someone talking? Um, am I aware that I'm feeling overwhelmed and I need to do something for myself right now? I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Especially but even before you get to that point, I think that a lot of people now, and I don't know, and I always say this every time, I don't know if it's because I'm so so surrounded by therapists on social media and in the world or is it really a, a kind of like a change and everyone's kind of resorting to you know therapy and self-care but we have to just implement things in our daily mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. so that bath whatever self-care is to you that bath that therapy session um you know talking to your friends going out for brunch um taking time away from the children taking time away from your business turning your phone off whatever it is I think like you know, maybe it's something that you do every Friday, every every cer- certain day, mm-hmm. because you know we are we are business owners, we run ha- households and stuff like that, and it's not necessarily like you going on vacation every three months. You may just need to implement things in your regular day to day life. But that, right? you got to be attuned, though. You have to be attuned with yourself to know mm-hmm. something's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we miss that attunement piece because we go go go. So I am yelling more than mm-hmm. I typically do. I am more impatient. I'm more snappy. I'm just tired. I'm I'm feeling something, and be at at peace with it in the moment to sit with that feeling. And we just said a lot of people don't want to sit with uncomfortable feelings. We mm-hmm. run from that. But I need to sit with that feeling and say something's just not right, and I need to process that. I need to talk about that with somebody. Thanks. Thanks. All right. So let's move into our next segment, which is uh, Truth Is. Mm. (laughs) That's your favorite one, ain't it? Well, because I try to get you out of your shell. (laughs) I know it is. What's your truth today, Dr. Z? Um, My truth is that it's okay to speak up right it's okay to um acknowledge what doesn't feel right and when i acknowledge to you what doesn't feel like right if you're not okay with it i can't carry that like i have to get it out i have to tell you like i don't like this this bothered me this made me feel this way and so i think that is my truth it's okay whether it be talking to my staff whether it be talking to family members it's okay to tell someone that i don't like something Mm-hmm. So that is my truth. Uh, you want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Truth is, what's my truth today? I don't know. Uh, my truth is that take time to think. I think that's important to me this today, right? Taking some time to like, to your point, realize that something doesn't feel right. So I, I might need to step back and just take a break and kind of look at the bigger picture for a little bit. Um, even today, like I took a nap, I took a nap, like I woke up, I did some emails, but then I took a nap because I'm like, I feel like I'm tired. I feel like I'm snappy. And y'all said I was snappy when I got in here. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so I felt yes. that. Um, so I'm like, well, let me lay down. Like maybe I need Maybe I need another nap. Like, yeah, I slept through the night, but maybe I need another nap. So I think my truth today is like recognizing when you don't feel right within yourself and taking that time to, kind of get it together mm-hmm. that's a good one because you definitely was snappy on us today but we love you anyway um y'all know truth is is my hardest segment here so i'm always like my truth this week oh so much was going on because you know we we run and everything so this week was hard um my truth this week was that i don't like being confined and I realized that I don't like being confined this week 
for two reasons. One, because my bathroom is getting worked on and I feel like I can't move around my house like I need to because it's stuff everywhere. And I'm like, I'm going crazy because I feel like I have to stay in one room and I can't move around. I'm going crazy. But two, um, because I felt like I was confined in like how much I can help people because we kind of talked on the, talked about this last weekend that it's COVID, right? And I'm working, but I only can help people so much because it's COVID. I can't come to see you I can't if you know one of my kids is in crisis I can't come help physically um it's only so much I can do but I hate feeling like I'm confined to my work that I can do for people and I hate feeling like I'm confined in my house so granted you know we've been going through COVID for a long for a few months now a lot more than a few months but I hate being, being confined this week so as much as I don't like I, I am a homebody I'm I needed to get out and I realized that this week that I need to work on, um, you know, being feeling like I need to like break out of a shell or break out of a box where the walls are closing in on me. Um, so that's my truth this week. And what I'll say about the truth is for every truth, there's a root. So why don't I like being confined? Why don't I not want to take a break? Or why do I feel like I don't want to speak up if someone says something or I don't want to offend somebody? What Let's is the root of that? Let's talk about that. Uh, Dr. Z, we'll make us have a therapy session. Right? <laughs> I, I think the root for me of not feeling like, like not wanting to take a break, and we talked about this last week, is like, I always feel like there's something I could be doing. Like, yeah, I need this break, but then when I realized I took that nap, I still could have been putting my clothes in the dryer. Like, it was other stuff that I could have been doing. But why do you feel like you Sarah, always have to be doing something? Feel, what is the root of that? Do you feel a certain way about people or do you, how do you feel when you're not doing anything? Like, how do you feel when you're watching TV, when you're watching Netflix, when you're chill? How do Sometimes, you Sometimes, like, I feel like my mind is still racing. Like, I'm still thinking about, like, I send this email, I got to do that, I got to do that. Um, but then other times I, like, strictly make it a point to get a glass of wine and sit and watch TV and, and not be bothered. Or go, go on a deck and, like, the fire pit and not be Where'd bothered. Where did you learn that, that that's what you, you needed to do? Like, you always had to be go, 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 black woman. I don't think I learned it from anybody. I can, and I'm not blaming my dad for this in any type of way. But I just remember him always saying, like, I got places to go, people to see. Like, and it's not that he caused me to have this like that mindset of going. But I think that to the point I made last week, like, I feel like there's stuff to be done. And while we live, and that might just be some anxiety around death. I've lost two friends like recently mm -hmm. to to drug overdoses at young ages. So I may feel like in the back of my mind, like I need to do while I, what I can while I'm here. Um, so maybe that's the root of it. Could be. Like as I sit in process at a therapy session on our podcast, <laughs> Dr. Z. I'm just saying. <laughs> How about you? Um, I don't know. I feel like because I feel like I think that mine might come from the fact that my family and I have family, you know, that they live in different areas, but I feel like. Like, you live here, you work here, you, you know, in, in this Philly, you know, Jersey area, you know, you, you know, my family has always, we live here, we worked here, we, you know, we die here, we, it's just kind of like, you stay here. And a lot of my family aren't, aren't travelers, and they don't do things, and they don't necessarily have, like, bigger dreams and aspirations, and I feel like, not to say my family... <laughs> Not throwing my, my family under the bus like you threw your dad under the bus. But um, I feel like like it's so much in the world to see and so much to do, right? And it's so much more that I could do. 
Um, kind of again going back to last week, but I feel like oh, I'm in, I'm here all the time. Like I'm in, I'm closing in, but I could be somewhere else where I want to. I don't know. I feel like it's more so like my dreams and and the bigger picture I see for myself is always kind of playing, and I want to like bust out. Like I want to just bust out and and do so much more, and I don't want to just be he like you know I don't want to just do the traditional route. I just want to. I don't know. I just feel like I need to get out. That's how I. That's how I can process it at the moment and sometimes when I process things sometimes I need a couple a couple of so maybe maybe <laughs> maybe I'll think about it and I'm like oh you know what we talked about last week this is kind of more things that I see um that could be the root of it but I really feel like I just need to be I don't know out in the world or just somewhere else and not confined to my house or my bedroom or to just my job and and stuff like that I just want to be bigger Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It goes back to my point in the beginning, right? Everything has a root. Yeah. Right, it goes to my point in the beginning. Everything has a root. Um, it goes to my point. Our family shapes our reality. So dad, good, bad, ugly, and different. I don't like my dad. He kind of, because he said I had places to go and people to see. That <laughs> For you to remember that all of these years later had some impact. For you to look at your family and say, they are so confined. They don't want to travel the world. Our family's dynamics, good, bad, ugly, and different, does shape the way we see the world. That was just... Mm-hmm. Just wanted to tie it in. That's all I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> Good tie in. That was a good tie in. <laughs> right. All right. So now it's time for our two minute session. So if you were on the couch with me or Donna or Dr. Z, uh, this is our two minute session. And the question this week is How does the strong one find help? Like, seriously, I'm tired of the title, You're So Strong. So how do we find help? Um, I think the first part is kudos to them acknowledging I need help. Something's mm-hmm. not right. So the, front, the strong one finds help by realizing that help is needed. Step one. The strong one finds help by maybe going to sit down with a professional. Um, if you don't want to sit down with a professional, sitting down with a logical friend, somebody who thinks logic, because that's important, who you sit mm-hmm. down with, right? When you are feeling some type of way. So maybe I'm sitting down and I'm processing with someone close to me that I trust how I'm feeling in that moment. Um, the strong one finds help by... Um, taking that time to figure out what part of my life am I feeling overwhelmed by and when I identify the part of my life that I'm feeling overwhelmed by what changes can I actually make Mm -hmm. sometimes you can't make a lot of changes but what is the change that I can make that can lessen it a little bit more so I think that's how the strong one finds help what you guys think? Yeah, I think um, acknowledgement is definitely the first step in everything, right? You recognize that you need the help. Um, a lot of times, again, we need to... People look at therapy as if it's something that you need to get once you having a pro- you're having a problem, but it's not, right? And you may not need help as in, you know... You may not feel like you need help therapy-wise. You may feel like you need help around the house or you need help, you know, doing whatever the case may be. So I think it's a lot of times help is very generalized. So my thought is when, when the question came was like, well, what kind of help do she need? Like, you know, do you mean, you know, all the things that Dr. Z said? It could be that. But mm-hmm. what if it's not that? What mm-hmm. if she physically needs someone to come and help her, yeah. right? So if you need to help, I think help, I think that 
you can, you know, cut in some places and realize what's important to you. Because I think people don't think about like making changes to your life, right? So like sometimes we can't make a lot of changes, but sometimes we can. So if you need help where you need your kid to go somewhere, then maybe don't don't take out food this week. You know, maybe you're not eating something this week. Um, or maybe you're not getting your nails under your hair. That maybe you're sacrificing something so that you can, you know, send your kid to a babysitter for two days or something like that. So my thought is what type of help? If it's like physically you need help, so you need to do something, um, X, X, because X your family, X your friends, X the people who you trust. Um, if you need some type of like physical help, because obviously this is black in therapy and we're talking about mental, but sometimes you need the physical help in order to lessen your mental load. Right. Um, so that's, that's my thought today. I think Dr. Z hit it on the head with the um, mental, but definitely if you need some physical help, you know, do, do other things, cut some things out, ask people for help and see where you can, um, kind of like adjust in your daily life. I think. Um, speaking up and like, again, with the self silence and like say that I'm not, I don't, I can't do this. Like I can't show up for you. I can't be this person you need me to be. Um, because I'm don't feel this. Like I'm not strong in this moment. I am going through my own stuff right now. So I think being honest with people and setting those boundaries are very important as well. Like, because if, if people know that they can depend on you, they're going to always call you. And if you always show up and not speak your truth, then I think people are going to always try to, um, just not even take advantage, but just get comfortable on being who you are for them. Because if you always show up for somebody, that's you're going to be one that they depend on um, mm-hmm. moving forward. So I think just being honest and kind of breaking um, that pattern of like, you can always come to me. Because mm-hmm. no, you can't. Because this is my day where it's just about me. Mm-hmm. Or this is my hour where it's just about me. So don't call my phone. Don't come in my room. Don't do nothing. This is about me. So I think setting boundaries and just being honest is uh, one of the ways that the strong friend can... Um, get some help mm-hmm. and we talked about this about um um I feel like we do this with each other and at least I do this with a lot of my friends and I ask them if I'm able to talk to them about something like do you have the capacity for mm-hmm. this at mm-hmm. this moment mm-hmm. you know ask, so if you start asking your friends if you're able to talk to them about something then let them know like ask me before you come and dump on me you mm-hmm. know so because when you do that if the it's going to tell you a lot about the person that you are talking to. Because when I tell you I don't have the capacity to do it and you get upset that right now I don't have the capacity to, to do it, mm-hmm. this is a one-sided interaction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Relationships, friendships are give and take. It's 50-50. So if I say to you, I can't do it right now, I'm speaking to your point, Sarah Ashley, I can't do it, okay, I'm going to respect that. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have shown up shown up for me time and time prior and mm-hmm. I need to respect that. And then if I really want to test the, the fortitude of our, our, our friendship or the fortitude of the relationship, once I tell you I can, I'm going to hope if I can wave my magical wand that you say to me, how can I support you? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm hoping that I can. I've mirrored this for you mm-hmm. throughout all of these other prior interactions. And so I would like for it to just be second nature for you to say back, OK, you're right. Let me help you out in this moment. So I think sometimes we have measurements to gauge whether or not we are being that strong woman to other people and enabling them, if we can call it right to depend on us and now burning ourselves out is a, is a ripple down effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason you don't feel like you can talk to your friend or your family member or whomever about this topic, send them the podcast. 
Send it to them. We on Apple Podcasts. We on Spotify. I graded their papers. They know what they're talking about. Y'all can trust them. Send them them the podcast. Listen to this. Hey, girl, listen to this. I listen to this. You should hear it. It was really good. Send it to them. All your friends. All your content. And shout out to you guys for doing this, right? Because I think that we need to have these conversations. And and now therapy is so uh, a hot topic. Everybody's Mm -hmm. therapy, therapy, therapy. But are we really having those hard conversations? So kudos to you two ladies for breaking Mm -hmm. those, um, those, those norms, I guess we would call it, um, unhealthy norms where people don't want to have this conversation. And I think it's necessary. I think it's needed, especially for our black community for such a time as this right mm-hmm. definitely so we want to thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of black and therapy like donna said we are available now on every uh platform mm-hmm. we just got one to apple podcast um this week so we want to thank everybody reshare like like us like the like the podcast um what is it? rate us review rate mm-hmm. us and review us um and subscribe so that you know when the next episode we know that our episodes drop every monday so we want to thank Dr. Z for being our first guest. Yes, yes. our first you, guest on the I'm podcast. Honored. I'm honored. <laughs> so thank you for um showing up for us. Donna, any last words? No, we we thank y'all. We appreciate y'all. We definitely appreciate Dr. Z because she was definitely a part of our journeys. You yeah. know, we should have mentioned her last week. She was a part of our journey. We did. We said Dr. We said Dr. Z. Z. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did hear that part. You heard it. Oh, okay. That's the part you listened That's to. The part. Okay. That's the part. <laughs> so do you have a um feel good song? What's your favorite song, Dr. Z? <laughs> You get to pick the feel good song this week. Feel yes. good song? Yeah. Like what? what makes me feel good? Yeah. Y'all want me to sing it? No. 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 We just want you to tell it. So we're gonna that's gonna be our feel good oh song. Oh my of the week. gosh. So I have so many of them. Narrow but, it down. but I think um I don't know. I'm, I suck with names. Encourage yourself. Sometimes you just have to encourage oh, yourself. Oh, encourage yourself? All right. That is my feel good So that's going to be the feel good song of the week. Encourage yourself by the Tri-City Singers. So we want to thank you all again for listening to our podcast. And we will see y'all. Or not see y'all. But we'll catch y'all <laughs> next week. Can say bye? Nope. <laughs> you can edit it. Speak the word of your life and you will. You will.